why welcome aboard this vastly colorful and extraordinarily literary rainbow for writers, authors, and storytellers. I'm author B.A. McCray, and this is The Optimistic Author, a positive and insightful tool for writers. What's up, writers, authors, and storytellers? This is a Hello Author episode, and we have author Cassandra Martindale with us today. Hi, Cassandra. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, doing great. I'm so ready for this. Well, we've already chatted for a bit, so we've been ready. Yes, very excited because sometimes <laughs> like when you meet online, you just have a sort of draw to them. And that's how I feel about you. I, that's how I feel oh. about you. That's why I asked you to come on and I'm so excited for it. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I remember our first like few interactions with each other on TikTok and it just seemed it was like coincidence after coincidence after coincidence of things we oh. had in common. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting that. We have a lot in common. Yeah, like off the top of my head, we both liked Mitch Album. Yes, and that was the first thing. Yeah, it took us seven years to get our first novels done. Oh my gosh, yeah. We both had New York catastrophe type stories (laughs) around the same year. Yes, yes. (laughs) There's probably more. Maybe we'll uncover more. Oh my God. I like that you have this sort of running list in your head because I, <laughs> I am forgetting and now I'm, I'm reminded and I'm, I'm just blown away. Yeah. We do have so much in common and it's, it's wild thing about social media and TikTok is that I'm finding people in this community that I have way more in common with than I, the random person I might encounter on the street. <laughs> so I'm finding myself in all of you. And that is a wonderful feeling. (laughs) It really is. That's like one of the pros and the bright lights of the internet, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) What a great place to start off. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Cass, would you like to tell us a bit about your works and and or works in progress? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a new writer, I would say, in a lot of ways, because up until the last year, I have been a journalist, a social media coordinator, a marketing professional, wow. a, a whole bunch of other things. Um, and creative writing has always been on the back burner. It's always been a Sunday thing. And when the pandemic hit, I decided to start getting really into my creative writing. So yes. um up until about a year ago, uh, nobody even knew that I had creative writing. Um, everybody knows I'm a writer, right? Because that's what I do yeah. for my day job. But nobody knows that I have written books and stories and poems and wow. uh, screenplays and that I'm just constantly kind of churning these things out. So um, I don't have any published creative work yet. Uh, but I am trying. So right now I'm querying my first book. And as you said, this book, uh, I started writing it in 2014. So we're going on eight years um, uh, since I first started it. I was 20 years old when I first started writing this book. And um, it is the book of my heart. And I don't know if it's necessarily, uh, you know, indicative of everything else that I will produce in my lifetime. It is definitely 
um, more like a memoir and less like a fun sci-fi fantasy story that I might produce. So um, it's, it is um, definitely difficult to query right now with it because it is so close to me. Um, I've never had such an emotional attachment to my work before. So this is a very arduous part of the journey of trying to find an agent. Um, and, you know, I'm just working through that. I, um, to like kind of fight the querying blues, I am writing short stories nonstop. I think Mm -hmm. I've, I think I've written six short stories in the past month since I started querying. Holy buckets, you go girl. That's crazy. It's emotional. This is a very emotional journey. It's gotta be one of the hardest things I've ever done. If not the hardest thing. Um, because like I said, I do not talk about my creative work. Um, Mm -hmm. so doing this and being so public about it. Um, it's, uh, it's very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. It's very intense. And, um, the imposter syndrome is very real. And I am trying to overcome so many mental obstacles. Um, because again, I just never really thought that I would be here and doing this kind of thing. Uh, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. And I was perfectly happy to just continue being a journalist and a nonprofit marketer. So um, to be taking on a whole new career and trying to break into a whole new industry is, um, I don't, I just never really thought that I would be doing this. So uh, it's wonderful. It is, it's wonderful, but it is challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of a behind the scenes that not many readers or people who don't even like reading see the grueling process that it can be, especially from your point of view, querying. Honestly, I thought about doing that when I was going into like the path, like, okay, am I self-published or traditional? And it frightened me. So I didn't go that route. So I applaud you for going through it. I I really can't imagine like the emotional draining, but I'm glad that you're using the outlet of writing in a positive way to kind of get through that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is really helping. Um, And yeah, I am going to start submitting the short pieces as well. uh, If I can just figure out where to submit them. Uh, So yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, this literary industry is all new to me. So it's not like I've been reading literary journals and uh, anthologies this whole time to know when I want to publish my work. So um, everything is new and I'm (laughs) just trying to go with it. (laughs) Well, you're doing fabulous so far. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of reverting to when you said you were into like journalism writing, how do you flip the switch between that style of writing to creative writing? Because they're, they're pretty different. Like when I do my freelance work for clients, it's I, I have to like flip a different switch to be able to do that. So what is your process like? Oh, it's vastly different, I would say, uh, with a journalism piece. Uh, and I'm a science writer. So I write about space and robots for the most part. Oh and my gosh, you just get like cooler every sentence that you, <laughs> that you said. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, and I've been doing that now for about five years. Um, so that process is very technical and it involves reading scientific articles and interviewing world-class scientists on what they're doing. Oh. I just kind of let their dialogue drive 
the format for the story. So, you know, we typically will talk about their initial inspiration for whatever it is they're working on and, you know, some of the challenges they've been up against and, um, you know, how they hope to develop their project further. So the, the format, the formula is there. And it's so easy to kind of just plug into that now that I've been doing this for five years. Um, it's, it's not uh, challenging anymore. Uh, sometimes right. I get like a highly technical piece where I'm spending 10 hours just reading a scientific study, trying to wrap my head around some, how something works because I, I um, am not an engineer. I'm not a roboticist or, uh, you know, a biomedical engineer. I'm not yeah. any of those things. So trying to understand what they are getting across in their research is uh, the biggest challenge. And then um, I also work for a mental health organization and I share storytelling pieces all the time. And again, it's very much about interviewing a person and you know, capturing their story and their voice and helping them get that out there in the truest uh, possible sense. You know, it's, it's all about representing their journey. And um, you know, that takes some level of creativity, but at the oh, same yeah, time, sure. it, it, it really is their voice and it's their voice on the science side too. So creative writing is my voice. <laughs> that, that's hard, you know, because um, for so long, I've been a mouthpiece, you know, I've just kind of been a sounding board for others stories. And now uh, it's my opportunity to put my story out there. And um, finding my voice has been challenging. Uh, I would say that that's the switch that I need to turn on, right? That mental switch is like, okay, now you're speaking, what are you going to say? And I think that's why the imposter oh. syndrome kicks in so much, because it's like, why do you need to say anything at all? <laughs> you know, and that's the little voice that I have to beat down. And usually the way to do that is to sit down. I've made a very comfy space for myself. I have my mm -hmm. cup of tea. Um, you know, I've, I've checked off all my to-do lists for the day. So, uh, you know, ideally I don't have anything else nagging at me that could distract me from writing. And I sit mm -hmm. down and I just go and I see what happens and I'm definitely a panster I very rarely plot anything, oh, outline, anything <laughs> and I go for it and I just see what I come up with I usually have like a little nugget of an idea and then I build a whole story around that so um I try to just let it be expressive and fun and experimental and not worry about it because it is it is a relationship with myself that's what writing yes. is. Yes, exactly. Writing for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I have to do anything with that when it's done. It's mine. And I can talk about it. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I could just keep it private and, and maybe turn it into something later. Uh, because that's always a nice idea is that anything that I write could turn into something later. Oh yeah. Um, the most necessary thing is separating myself from the work to some extent uh, once it's done. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to do anything with it, you know? So all these short stories I'm churning out, um, they've been very fun and very experimental, mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to just release them and see what happens. And, and I just, I'm very excited for people to start reading my work and, and to see what they have to say. I'm excited too. <laughs> I really want to yeah. read your work. 
Yeah, you know, I and I think that I've built up so much momentum in the past year talking about my writing. It's time finally that people see it, right? So that is the goal this year <laughs> is to get something published. Uh, <laughs> what a beautiful goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was so profound. I am really glad that I we dove into that question together because I, I loved hearing that process and finding your own voice really is just such a deep, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a journey in yourself. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just crazy, like exposure in a good way of like who you are inside mm-hmm. and you're hanging out with that person all the time. So it's a good person to get to know. Yeah. And I think that's interesting to elaborate on too, because um, there was a time in my life when I didn't want to hang out with myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that was the last thing I wanted to do was to sit in a room alone and focus on my thoughts. So I used to be a very extroverted type of person who was constantly going out and having fun and adventuring. And those moments of solitude were anything but solace. So uh, wow. that taken a lot of work, you know, to get to a point where I'm comfortable with myself and, and that I can go there with myself and kind of investigate those parts of myself that I once did not appreciate. So yeah, um, that's, and I think that's something that all writers have to reckon with to an extent, all artists, right? We all have to understand ourselves in order to produce work that other people will also relate to. Uh, you know, as fun as it is to write something like Star Wars, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that for the most part, uh, what we really want out of a story is a connection. Uh, oh, to definitely. Our yeah, we, it, it's how we learn about each other is through art. So um, an artist has to be raw. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's the biggest challenge. <laughs> I think it's inevitable, too, that authors uh, put little pieces of themselves in their work. And like you were saying, that's one of the reasons why we're drawn to stories is because we see pieces of ourselves in works and we don't realize that those are also pieces of the author that they sprinkled in. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Like, I think almost every story I write has some kind of moment in it that actually happened to me. Same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome because somebody could be like, oh, I loved this part. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, that actually happened to me. And they would say, no way. That's yeah. <laughs> Those are everybody's favorite parts because, and sometimes they don't have to be very interesting things at all. Sometimes they're things that we all experience. And it's just like, ah, oh, that like aha moment. Like, wow. I, yeah. I see often on TikTok, people comment and say, I realize I've never had an original thought in my life. And that is so often how I feel. Like, once I put something out there, you know, when I think it's weird, like this weird thing that I do, I find that there's a thousand other people who do the same exact thing. And <laughs> like, you know, it's just really helped. Social media has really helped me break down um, that, that barrier to my creative process. <laughs> it's interesting that that social media becomes like a tool in our creativity belts. Like who would have ever thought? Yeah. And now I have like this I actually have an audience of people that I want to write for. And so now I'm not even necessarily writing for myself. I'm writing for others. So yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. (laughs) Oh, that wasn't even, that was just like the first question. (laughs) Oh boy. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Diving right in. (laughs) What drives you to write and create your stories? 
kind of like tapped into some of that with with the what we were just talking about but would you like to expand yeah um I think that you know what makes us writers uh is that thing that drives us and what makes me a writer is I it's just something really deep inside of me you know and it's this it's this capacity for storytelling that I've always had. I think that every person is born with some kind of gift, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think that that's the beauty of life is exploring that gift. And Mm -hmm. I I found out very early on that my gift was in storytelling. Um, I, I realized that, you know, it's a matter of, you know, people trusting me with their stories, uh, for whatever reason, I've always been that kid that people went to and just divulged their deepest darkest <laughs> on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, adults, kids, teachers, people tell me things. Oh, well, you're very kind. And you're easy to talk to. Well, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I recognized that very early on. And well, something in me was, you know, I think around. 16 or so. So like, I realized that I wanted to be a writer very young because I started to get these stories from people and, and turning them into bigger pieces. And so I've been journaling and writing for a very long time and usually out of those conversations with other people. So that the ability that I have, that gift that I was given is kind of twofold because it's this, I get the story, I get the, the creative idea, and then I'm actually able to turn it into something. Uh, so that I think is what drives me is just this, this purpose that I feel to do that. So, um, you know, I think that often I get asked like, well, you know, why would people want to share their story? Why would they ever want to do that? And I tell you what, like almost every single day in my job, people are, they, they come to me and they thank me because I've given them a voice. I've helped them feel seen through using their own words. I mean, most of the time, these are direct quotes that I'm using from people to create something that will help others. And in doing that, that person that's sharing their story is the one that's helping others. It's not me. I'm like the vessel for it. You know, not everybody's a writer, right? That, that was my gift that I was given. And so I'm able to use that to help other people share their story. And, um, I, nothing feels better to me than when I've done that well. And somebody comes back and they say, thank you so much. You know, now I want to be an advocate. I want to help other people. You know, you've helped me define that thing that happened to me. And it, and it relieved a lot of the stress and the pressure that I felt around it. And now that it's out in the world, I don't have to hide anymore. And that's like, that's an incredible feeling. Like that's, I want to feel that all the time to just be that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I love what I do and I, I don't really, (laughs) I can just see it glowing on you. Yeah. 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 I definitely don't stop either. You know, I even like in the like darkest moments of my life, I still write and it might not always be my voice but it will definitely be someone else's at the very least. That's what gives me life. So yeah. Well, <laughs> Cass, that was so inspiring. I like, it's been very rare. I actually don't know if it's happened before where I've like teared up during an interview, like during a podcast. Oh. I was, I, it just really touched me so much. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking about like, obviously like we 
are just like getting to know each other and I just learned about this piece of you but I was just imagining how many lives you've touched and something like that is so profound to someone getting to share their story that's going to stay with them forever and evolve into more character development for them and oh oh my gosh this is so beautiful (laughs) wonderful yeah I think I I've always wanted to help people so it was really just about how I can do that best um right and you get to use your gift to it's a double whammy yeah yeah some people do fundraising some people build houses other people go into the medical field I write stories (laughs) that's how I help (laughs) and they're very important yeah yeah well yeah we'll see (laughs) (laughs) oh man that that really touched me gotta take a moment to like compose myself Well, on like a a lighter note, uh, what is your favorite genre to write in and what's one that would be the most challenging for you to write in? Okay. Okay. So I mostly write fiction. Um, (laughs) That's like literary, magical, sci-fi adventure type of fiction. Um, You know, I definitely will write in this memoir that I have from time to time, but that's something that's a life's work. You know, you don't, it's not something you're ever going to see. That's a big Uh, tackle. Yeah. Right. Uh, But it is mostly fiction. I think my dream would be to write historical fiction. Uh, I love historical fiction. And to me, I just think that, uh, you know, it would be really cool to write about a person's life. Uh, because this is what I do all day, every day, I write about people's yeah. lives, but to do that in novel form. And I just think that would be incredible. Um, so I feel like maybe that's something I could do one day. And I'm just trying to find that person who's worthy of a whole book, like who I have, you know, enough interest and fascination in that it, it sparks me to write a oh, whole yeah. book about them. Um, if they're alive, I think that that would involve some pretty heavy interviewing. Um, and then yeah. if they're not, maybe that would involve digging into records, uh, which would be pretty cool. I was so, going to say fun. Yeah. Historical fiction <laughs> would be the dream right now. I just write the fun stuff. Um, the, the most challenging genre that I think would be to write is mystery. Um, I don't Ooh, read yeah a lot of mystery, especially like murder or crime mysteries. I just don't read a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's usually because I can see the answer and like map out the plot way too easily. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, and a good mystery should completely stump you and shock you, right? Right. And I think that that requires so much layering and complexity and thought. I think I'd get too lost trying to it would be really difficult. Yeah. I just don't think I could do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think the only reason why I would commit to a murder mystery would be so I can have one of those walls with all the string, uh, pointing to like different pictures and stuff that you see in like mystery shows. Yes. And I have to do that for my regular work. Like, because I'm a panster, I usually will outline somewhere halfway into the book and Mm -hmm. try to plot it out from there so that I can keep track of, you know, how the story has unfolded. And then I will create a kind of web. I can't imagine 
I can't imagine a mystery because I feel like you really would need to know the story from beginning to end. And that just goes against my nature. So <laughs> very much so. Yeah. yeah. I'd be afraid that like, like you were saying how you can spot it out, like right from the beginning and like how it's going to end that. Yeah. yeah that, that would be my mystery plot. But, like the butler did it obviously like by page two. <laughs> yes. With the candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> with the candlestick. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think I could be that original either. A, a good mystery is, is very hard to write. Yes, big yeah. props to mystery writers out there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. For your historical fiction, which I think is super cool, do you have any um, like eras or anything that you, you kind of lean towards or it's still to be determined? Yeah, TBD. Because what if, I mean, my book that I wrote, I feel like it's historical fiction because it's based in 2004. And I go so- I mean, actually. Yeah, like it just goes so into life at that time. And I, I love that time period. There was just so much going on politically and culturally. And it was right before wow. that big tech boom. And I just, there's something so special about that period in time it was kind of the last like moments before our lives went digital and you know that I just I love that era I lived in that era and so maybe when I'm older I will write historical fiction about the era I grew up in I think that would be pretty cool that would be so cool I love that yeah I mean other than that I am I don't know I I, I, I read historical fiction, 1700, 1800s, 1900s. Yeah. So I don't know. It would, it would really have to be something that I can, I can actually comprehend, you know, like a time yeah. period that I feel like I could find roots in, which is why I think centering it around an individual would be really cool. Um, yeah. I just read the great circle uh, by Maggie Shipstead, and mm-hmm. it follows a, a young woman who was alive during the time of Amelia Earhart, and oh wow, and she's like an aviatrix, and she learns how to fly planes, and it just follows her whole life as it kind of parallels somebody like Amelia Earhart, and I just thought that was so cool. Like that I would love so to cool. write that. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for my subject. And then I will, right. I will build the world around them. I've met some pretty cool people, but nobody yet who I feel like I could sit with for a year or two. <laughs> That's an important question to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like you're talking about what I do, but on like a 600 page scale. So yes, it would be a massive undertaking. And you like Mitch album, right? So mm-hmm. you remember Tuesdays with Maury? Yes. That's beautiful do something mm-hmm. like that maybe I yeah just definitely yeah I, I feel like you you've been in the training for it for the past five years but... yeah exactly I think I'm cut out for it I just need the subject you know and I do yeah. love digging into historical records and my own ancestry so um, <gasps> that would be cool if it was someone in your own ancestry I actually had yeah I had started working on like a short story collection of all of my ancestors my great grandfather went to the Philadelphia Free Press Library and he 
like found all of the historical records of our family line and, wow. and somehow was able to find all these people that had just, uh, I mean, I, I probably have like 300 cousins across the country <laughs> right now. And like, they all live in different areas and are completely different walks of life. And I think it would be so cool to go back to that lineage and kind of write all of those stories because, you know, they just like Western expansion and, um, you yeah. know, mission era. And uh, I just think that would be so cool. That would um, be so cool. Like I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, but again, I need that time and space to research. And yeah, that's, that's, a that's something that maybe I'll do if I, if I could manage to become a full-time writer. I think that's how I would spend my days is just digging around in a, in a (laughs) historical building, uh, you know, looking through records. Yeah. With your Tiana (laughs) to go cup. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did do that when I lived in Athens, Ohio. I like, I was working for the student newspaper and I, um, I became friends with the historical society there. And I would, there was this like little old man and he's probably still there. Sorry, little old man, but that's what you are. And I would go and hang out with him at the, was this like teeny tiny little building in town. And you'd go up there into this room, this little man would be in a corner, like surrounded by stacks of files. And he'd like peek his head out and be like, oh, it's you. Like he wasn't <laughs> nice. And he wasn't he like, nice. No, no, not at all. And he'd be like, he'd be like, you need now. And I'd be like, I want to see the strip of my college town uh, 20 years ago. And he'd show me where to go. And then I'd just get, he'd let me just dig around and get lost in there. Oh for my hours. gosh. Yeah. If I could do that again <laughs> in my life, I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> I found some I- cool stuff. I really loved uh, seeing that scene in my head of the, the little old man peeking behind the stacks. Yeah, he was so ornery. And he, he was just like, you kids, you just come <laughs> in here for one thing. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But we were kind of friends at the same time. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. We built up a mutual respect. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like when you meet the subject of your future book, you'll definitely feel like a different kind of spark in you. You'll just kind of know. I'll know. They'll be the one. I'll know. Yes. Yeah. The greatest story. I'm going to (laughs) be holding on, waiting for it to come. That is all your other books. Yes. Yes. Because that person also has to be willing to want to have a book about their life. Very true. Right. Well, I hope they are receptive and it's a great process. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had the opportunity to live inside your book, would you? I mean, no, probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my books tend to focus on those interpersonal relationships and that like deep character development. So mm-hmm. oftentimes the world that I've built is just a backdrop. And most of what's happening in my stories is happening inside the characters' minds, oh, you know, going sure. through some sort of like life transition or something. So I don't necessarily build the most interesting worlds. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I would want to live in my own book, but I would live inside of, of several books that I've read. Uh, I think Ooh. that would be fun. Like yeah. if you could pick one, which would it be and why? It's Wonderland. Of course. <laughs> I've been, ugh. 
I grew course. up on Wonderland. Like who doesn't want to live in Wonderland? But that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved Wonderland. I love the like six impossible things before breakfast yes. idea. That's a, a thing that I've adopted, you know? So mm-hmm. if I'm waking up feeling particularly creative, I'm just like munching on my cereal, thinking about the impossible things I could write about that day. Like I think I would absolutely love living in Wonderland. You um, would rock Wonderland. I'll be so cool. I would be best friends with Mad Hatter for sure. Oh yes, absolutely. He'd make yeah. you your own hat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, my books are really like real life. So I, I like the life I have. So <laughs> I think I'll stay well, here. That's <laughs> beautiful. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> World building seems so difficult. Like fantasy is the genre that frightens me to try to write in because it just seems so like daunting to me to try to build a whole world yeah even if I was writing fantasy which I do sometimes um I still am going to focus on the characters so you're not going to get that much um, (laughs) out of you're not really going to understand the world that I'm not going to do a very good job at telling you how that magic system works or (laughs) what happened to society when it crumbled like that's not you fill in your own blanks yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) well that's a-okay I like stories that are character driven they they feel more relatable yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's what I do so yeah I just wrote a short story about uh I lived so I've lived in some pretty cool places and one of them Mm -hmm. was a national laboratory and I got to I'm a science writer right so I, I write out of college I got to go write at a national lab and I lived inside of the lab and it was very strange because it was very isolated in a very rural area and uh, just surrounded by forests. But you also had to have like a security clearance and get through this gate just to like come and go. Um, so, wow. you know, and I lived in like old military barracks that had been converted for the interns. And it was just a very weird place to live when I was there. Uh, if you would put it in the GPS, there would be like a joke thing that came up underneath the name of the lab that said like secret underground UFO laboratory. And so like that <laughs> oh my was gosh. the place that I lived on, uh, it, you know, inside of for like four months. And uh, so I wrote about that in a short story and I put it in a bit of a futuristic setting. So I turned the campus into the world for this character and oh, I had a lot of fun cool. with that yeah so I guess even if I am world building I'm building the worlds I've already been in to some extent <laughs> well you're putting a twist on it I feel like even fantasy books they have elements that are from maybe experiences people have had and yeah. like you just said they put a twist on it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah well that is so cool you lived in a lab what I an did. interesting life I did. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> cool. It's still not the coolest place I've ever lived though. <laughs> Might I be so bold as to ask? Okay. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll <laughs> Twist my arm. Okay. So, uh, the national historic sites in upstate New York, just outside of Poughkeepsie, um, in Hyde Park, there's the estate. It's a whole bunch. It's a conglomerate of historical sites. So it's the estate of FDR and, um, so that's like two or three properties actually, because Eleanor Roosevelt's property is in that area as well. And then it's the uh, spring mansion of uh, Vanderbilt. Is it Frederick Vanderbilt? 
Um, yeah, I think so. Anyway, I lived there for six months uh, while I wow. worked. I was in AmeriCorps doing service under the National Park Service, and I got to live on the estate of Frederick Vanderbilt's spring mansion inside the gardener's cottage that oh. overlooks the Italian gardens. And oh my gosh, it was the coolest, spookiest place you could ever imagine. It was spooky. Was, oh, oh, it was so spooky. I was completely <laughs> alone on that property at night. They would close me in these big wrought iron gates that like I had to get out of. If I wanted to leave at night, I had to get out of my car and like creak open these huge oh, gates to get gosh. inside. And I drive up this like windy cobblestone path up to my creepy little house. <laughs> And I mean, it was so spooky at night because I was the only one on this gated in property and I'd hear things on that property that didn't, like screams and stuff that didn't make any sense. Oh and my was, gosh. Yeah. Very, very haunted. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I mostly had to like barricade myself in my creepy little bedroom at night because I was so terrified of like, you know, the, the real and the mythical breaking into my house. So um wow. was, it was just so weird to live there and people didn't think that I lived in that house so that was the other weird part about living in a house on a national park site was that there were trails right outside of my house so mm -hmm. people were walking through the gardens I could like see out I had this big beautiful circular picture window that I could see out of oh. and look at the Italian gardens and I would sit in that window and just kind of observe people and I don't think that they thought that anyone lived in that old creepy house and they'd look up and they'd see me and they'd freak out. They'd point at me and say, mom, look, like there's, there's a lady in there. <laughs> there's a lady in there. Oh, and if I came out of the house, it was even weirder because they'd be like, they'd be like, are you real? And I'd be like, yes, I am I'm a real person. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's gotta be the coolest place I ever lived. I'll say sure. it. Yeah. Well, if you ever somehow in the future get a spark, even just the tiniest one for like a, a mystery, that's your world building story right there. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, oh, my gosh. I mean, like you said, does sound like a little spooky, but so worth like the story you're, you're able to tell now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was very weird. The house was weird. <laughs> they were just like, Stephen King novels like a whole collection of them like like the house was fully furnished too which was also weird because it just had all these secrets and like lives that had lived in it and Whoa. you know I just like it was fun to just explore the house that I was living in so mm -hmm. yeah yeah all of its weird little elements and yeah it was fun <laughs> that is so neat oh my gosh well thank yeah. you for sharing that of course yep I love it I love <laughs> talking about it <laughs> Do you have any sage words of writing advice for writers who might be listening? Oh, man. Um, well, you know, I have been a creative writer for a long time. And when it comes to advice, I, I don't know if I have the best advice. I think that what I really just want to say is like, if you are a writer, you need to talk about your writing. You need to talk about your book. Like you need to start telling people what you're working on. Um, you don't have to give all the details away, but I think that telling people that you're doing it is in a very important step uh, in, in order yeah. to get your work out there. And I just kept my writing life so private for so long. Um, 
you know, I didn't even tell my husband that I was a writer, like in my spare time, that it was my hobby until like we were a year into dating. Like he didn't even know that I had an interest in, in creative writing. So, um, you know, I had been slowly working on this book for a number of years and I had all these ideas in my head and I was just embarrassed to like tell people because it felt silly to talk about my creative writing. Like there was actually any potential in it, you know? So, um, it wasn't really until this past year that I started talking about it, that I realized how many of my friends and family want to see my work and want to support me. Um, and that has made all the difference. I just truly like never realized how many people in my life would care about this thing that I do. And, um, yeah, I just never really thought it would turn into anything real. So, uh, that has been the single most important step that I've taken in my journey thus far. (laughs) I think that that's a beautiful piece of advice to give people. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we we can be afraid that people might think we're you know being like boastful talking about it or like you said it's very vulnerable it's a piece of you Mm -hmm. so it might not be received well uh more often than not we find our community yes we really do that's how we do it and I think you'd be surprised to learn about how many people in your life really care about what you're doing you know? So yeah, that's my advice. (laughs) It was a beautiful piece of advice. Thank you. Yeah. Actually you inspired me because I don't really talk about the piece that I'm like currently working on just about like what I've already published. So I should do that more often. Tell me, you need to tell me about it sometime. If not here, sometime, (laughs) that would be great. I am very happy to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You've inspired me. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Where can other folks find your books and follow your writing journey? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, don't have any books yet that are published. Um, But I am on social media. I'm on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And I have a website. Uh, You can see my journalism if you want to learn about space and robots. Uh, (laughs) It's all there. Um, that will also be where I put my creative work when it, uh, is inevitably published because it will be published at some point. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess follow me on social media. That's going to be the best way. And I will take your social media in the show notes. People should definitely give you a follow because you have wonderful content. Always smiling. Yes. (laughs) That's important. Well, sometimes I'm crying, you know. You gotta, I gotta well, show the full range of emotions. Yeah, you're, you're being authentic. Yeah. Well, I just think that it's important to show that it's not uh, easy breezy sometimes. So yes. Yeah. Oh, you're so helpful. And I love what you're doing here with this podcast. Aww. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's been, it's honestly been a delight and like time has flown by. It's been <laughs> so nice to talk with you. It really has. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Of course. Thank you so much. And fellow writers, keep creating, reading, and smiling, and stay groovy.